Hello and welcome to the Black and White Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Quentin Corpuel. Joining me today on this lovely Saturday morning here on the East Coast, Rafe Epstein, writer for the sports section of the Black and White. Rafe, how are you today? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing? I'm, I'm good. So it is the morning after the Lakers took care of business in game two, 124-114 over the Miami Heat. LeBron James, 33 points, nine rebounds, nine assists. AD, 32 and 14 on 75% shooting. I'm sad. I'm very sad. I agree. And frustrated. <laughs> We've been robbed of what could have potentially been, I think, an all-time final series. I think people still don't realize how much Goran Dragic meant to the Heat. I mean, when he was in the game, during the playoffs, the Heat were something crazy like a plus 76. And when he wasn't, yeah, he was like a plus 76. And when he's been off the court, they've, the Heat have been in the negatives. And Dragic, when he was on the floor, he presented so many problems for the Lakers. He, when, when, if, if a big was matched up against him, let's say Dwight Howard or even LeBron or AD, he would just run right by him or create one of those stupid fadeaway threes that would just – go in you'd be like how the hell did he just shoot it over him um and then obviously bam out of bio they they missed him oh, oh well, hold on hold on hold on hold on breaking news here from the nfl real quick cam newton just tested positive for covid are you serious that, i'm sorry i had to interrupt but yes adam Schefter and field age just reported wow that might Both be big. Hunters are going to be <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a killer holy cow um but yeah, Bam Adebayo's absence was huge too. I mean, one of the disadvantages of a 2-3 zone, if you've ever played organized basketball, is that when you're going up for a rebound, you don't have an assigned man to block out. Yeah. So as when Iguodala, let's say, was manning the middle on the 2-3 zone, him and the other two at the bottom of the 2-3 zone were just kind of hoping that AD or LeBron or Dwight Howard wouldn't just fly over the top of them and just snag it, which happened a bunch of times. And I mean, they were so undersized too. It was ridiculous. Like AD, I think even if they were playing man, which they definitely should have switched once they realized it wasn't working. I mean, like they couldn't get stops. And there was a a string of maybe three or four plays in a row where it was just like AD put back, AD put back, AD rebound put back. And it was just like Eric Spolstra, is a, he's a great coach. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But he's stubborn. Like, you can tell that he is crazy stubborn and that he doesn't really want to adapt. And he, and to be honest, I mean, M- Miami has adopted a winning culture and, and they're winners. But like, at some point, I mean, like when you're undersized as they are, I think you need to put, you need to put bodies on AD or, or box and one because it's own wasn't working. <laughs> so I... I texted you last night and I put, and I took to social media to um, <laughs> let out my inner Eric Spolstra, what I think they should have done. You saw Udonis Haslam on the sideline that one time out firing yeah. up the heat, put him in like, yeah. uh, look, Eric Spolstra knows a hell of a lot more about basketball than I do, but Udonis Haslam like does not care. He wants to be in the game and he yeah. wants to leave his body on the court and they should just – Eric Spolster should just put him in and have him beat the hell out of AD and LeBron. Just foul him as hard as they can to make life miserable for them. 
And if he fouls out in the first half, cool. But I feel like the goal of him being in is to wear down AD and LeBron, which yeah. the Heat absolutely could not do in either of the games. No, I mean, Mark Jackson said it uh, during, the, during the game. But he said that, um, that the Heat should – they should have started him, let him play like six minutes, and then he could set the pace, and then everyone else would follow. And honestly, I think that that's it's a pretty valid claim. Like, if – you could see it. Like, there was a lack of defensive intensity. Like, I think the Heat were intimidated. I, I think that after like a – I think in the first game, the, the Lakers went on something like a 70-25 to 25 run in the second and third quarters. And like, to be honest, mentally, that would beat me down too. Like it is hard to come back from that, but I mean, it's the finals. Like you got to do what you got to do. And I think that putting in Giannis Haslam and like just having him scream at everyone, like, like you would think, you would think that'd be Jimmy Butler's job because I mean, he's been known for doing that everywhere he's been where he just like gets onto guys and he, and he yelled and he's mean and he's honest and he's brutal. But like, I, I don't know if we saw that from Jimmy Butler because I just I didn't see the defensive intensity that I've always seen from the Heat, and like it's disappointing. It re, it really is disappointing to me. This is not the same Heat team that got them to the finals. I completely and you could tell watching it. Agree. They always win, won the fifty fifty balls. Mm-hmm. They always out tough the other team, and I think that's definitely a big reason why people talk themselves into picking the Heat is because they're I, three I, through, I, they're I, three I, through seven guys. They, everyone, including myself, I picked the Heat to win. Yeah, and I. I thought the three through seven guys would just out tough and out hustle the one and two of LeBron and AD. And another reason why people were picking the Heat is because they, we all thought, I want to say we now because I also picked the Heat. We all thought that the Lakers supporting cast was nowhere near good enough. Exactly. We were quite wrong. Um, Caruso was making winning play after winning play. Rajon Rondo, I think, solidified himself as like the third guy. That was one of the big questions the yeah. Lakers have had throughout the season. Who was going to be their third guy? I think it's Rajon Rondo. Like, I think playoff Rondo is a real thing. And that experience of obviously being in the finals before, and he's just such a basketball wizard. Like, there were a couple of plays. There was one, there was a fast break. I forgot which quarter. There was a fast break. It was like a three-on-two. And Rondo was taking the ball up the middle. And I don't know if this was just bad defense by Tyler Hero or just insane IQ by Rajon Rondo. He, like, stopped and crossed over and somehow split the defense and got an easy layup. And I was just sitting on my couch. I'm like, what? He was making three, too. Did you? He made, like, two or three threes in the game. Yeah. If he was a shooter – the problem is his, his jump shot is unbelievably inconsistent. But I think in the playoffs, he's shooting something like 30. He's shooting somewhere in the 30s from, from three-point land, which, you know, that you can't leave him open if he's shooting like that. I mean, you can't just sag off. But. I, I think it's just better. I think it's better that he's not a shooter. Because then if he was a shooter, that's like something that could take away from his passing yeah, or his playmaking. Like there was also another play where he drove baseline and he threw like this crazy left-hand wraparound pass to the top of the key for Catavius Caldwell Pope. And I was like, that, that's otherworldly. That's something that, with all due respect to Goran Dragic, 
that's like something only Rondo can do and maybe not Goran Dragic. Okay, on the on the topic of playmaking. Yeah. Was it just me or I thought Jimmy Butler was so passive. I mean, there was this play that highlighted yeah. perfectly in the fourth quarter where he got like a strip steal or a bump steal or something like that or he's taking it down the court in transition. Him versus LeBron, he slows yeah, yeah. down going, you know what I'm talking about? He slows down going up for the layup, knowing he's going to pass, turns around and it gets stolen by LeBron. And yeah. I, like come on, dude. Like he's the alpha dog. He's got to be he's got to have that mentality like I'm going to dunk this. Like yeah. I'm gonna up and I'm going to dunk this ball and like I don't and he said before the game he was like I've got to be more aggressive. Bam Adebayo's out, Goran Dragic's out. I have to like I have to step up and I need to take these shots. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, Mark Jackson pointed that out several times. Yeah, I mean, he was mad. He's had several mismatches in the post and decided to pass. And Mark Jackson was furious, and I was a little angry too because like if Jimmy Butler's going to be the team's leader. He has to assert himself as the team's leader by just looking to score versus, I mean, look, making a play for your team is great. And, I mean, but when you have opportunities to score, like you got you to gotta take advantage of them, especially if you're Jimmy Butler. I mean, I think that he, I don't know if this was just me, but when I was watching it, he kind of looked like he was just moving slow. And like, like sometimes when I watch him, he just looks like he isn't trying. And like, I don't know about not trying. It's just that, like, there's certain times, definitely in basketball games, you know when you're watching a game and you wish you had a controller in your hand yep. and you <laughs> wish you can make a player do something, but it's just like, oh, my God, go. Like, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't think it wasn't trying. I think it was just the wrong mindset for Jimmy Butler. Yeah. I mean, and he's, he's a good scorer. He's – I don't know. It, it just, it really bothers me that he, I thought he's being very passive. And like, I mean, to be, to be honest, when you're looking at the heat, I mean, they have great off ball movement. Like you watch them and it's like pick dive, like ball handoff dive. And they, they get so many open looks and then they swing, 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 open three point shooter, Duncan Robinson, whatever, Andre Godala layup. And I mean, that's how they score. Um, but, and, and that's, that's where I don't really think that, Obviously, Jimmy Butler is a great fit for the Heat, but he's more of an isolation scorer. I mean, like, he doesn't really score in the flow of the offense because he's not an amazing three-point shooter. And besides, like, making difficult layups and dunks, like, he's – I would say he's more of an isolation mid-range scorer. Yeah, I, I agree. He only took one three-point shot last night. Yeah, and he, um, and he set it up. It was like an end of shot clock. Like, Yeah, it was an end of the shot clock heave. Um, yeah, to your point about the Heat offense, they played really well on offense. They did. Even though it may have not like looked like it because they were down by so much. They were moving the ball really well. And they same thing with game one. They were getting open shots. Just they couldn't hit him sometimes. I mean, Tyler Hero was – I mean, 5 for 12 is – even though it doesn't sound great, it's not bad for shooting. But That's efficient. Duncan, yeah, Duncan Robinson still has yet to find his groove. Yeah. I mean, he's going to have to have a dynamite game if they want to get back in the series. But the Lakers' offense, their size and skill is just was just too much for the Heat. And I feel like even if Bam Adebayo does end up coming back, he can't guard AD and LeBron at the same time. Like, well, someone is going to have a mismatch. Like, I think also Kelly Olenek is such an important piece. I mean, he's a great scorer. 
I like I remember when he was on the Celtics and they would play the Wizards uh, back when they would play the Wizards in the Eastern Conference Finals. <laughs> I remember I remember I'd be like, oh my god, I hate this guy. Why is he on the floor? Um, and and he was okay back then, but I mean I watched him last night and he's a really gifted scorer. I mean like I can't tell if he's a good defender because. I mean, he was never really matched up with anyone difficult. Like, he was never guarding AD, even though he was usually the biggest guy on the floor. But, um, I mean, he's an amazing scorer. And he really works in the flow of their offense, too, because he can shoot. He can make wonderful pull-ups, like floaters, everything. Yeah, he was making great cuts. Yeah. All, a lot of lot, all the game. But the thing guy. is, Kelly Olenek isn't Bam Adebayo. No. Like, it, it was so right. clear and obvious him and Leonard were such huge downgrades. Yeah. Like, Myers Leonard looked like, let's say, I don't even know what Bam Adebayo's 2K overall is, but, like, you could tell when Myers Leonard subbed in, it was like a 65 overall had just subbed in. Like, you could just tell by the way he was moving. It's like, oh, wow, he is going to get destroyed on defense. It's almost like, like Miles, this was, it was like Miles Plumley last series. Like, it was just so, like, frustrating to watch him when Nikola Jokic was out because yeah. it was just like, oh, God, like, it's like, oh, they put he, this guy in again. <laughs> yeah, it's just like a lull. And I do want to talk about Anthony Davis. Okay. I you? think, I think, look, a, a couple of, no, just one podcast. I think it was the Bill Simmons podcast. Him and, oh my God, who was it? I, I can't remember, but they were, trying to outline what would it take for Anthony Davis to win finals MVP. And they were like, oh, he's got to be like 40, 10, and 10. He's just got to like score every game. He had 32 and 14 tonight, and he, I would say he looked like the best player on the floor. He was straight unstoppable on offense and defense. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a very controversial take here. All right, I'm ready. I think Anthony Davis is better than LeBron. I think that he's more unstoppable than LeBron. There was, me... there was a point in the game where I was watching, and I, I'm rooting for the Heat. Like, I don't want the Lakers to win at all. <laughs> Not a single bone in my body wants the Lakers to win. Like, I, I'm a Heat fan for the next couple of weeks. Okay. There were there were times in the game where I was just like, just like swing it to LeBron, don't give it to AD because I knew AD would score. I, I didn't know how, but I knew he would score. Like, I would say end of third quarter, beginning of fourth quarter, he went on. I think I think he went on a seven zero run, which doesn't sound that impressive, but it was like high post up, shoot right over him. High post up, shoot right over him. Three pointer. Like, three plays later, he made, like, a difficult floater. And I was just like, what are you going to do to stop this guy? Like, like LeBron isn't really that great of a shooter. Like, you can't, you can't tag off of him. But there are ways to expose the holes in his – at least in his scoring. Um, but AD, I mean, when he has it going, I mean and – then, and then in that sequence, again, it was like, put back, put back, put back, put back. And sometimes I just – after watching that game, I was like, oh, my God, like, he, he's better than LeBron. He, he played better than LeBron. He, he's a more gifted scorer than LeBron. So there were two plays 
from Anthony Davis that really stood out to me. One was there was he, there was one of those short corner fadeaway or not fadeaway, just short corner jump shots. One where he gets it in the post on a smaller defender, on the shoots it right. right over him, swish. And then ESPN showed a replay of that shot. He, Jay Crowder was guarding him. He's six six. AD was seven foot. AD's release point is so high yep. and so unstoppable. It's just like, what do you do? He's just and, stronger Kevin Durant. St- Mm, I would say Kevin Durant's a little more of a versatile scorer. Yes, but right, yes right, I do right. agree AD is a little bit bigger and stronger. Um, and then the other play that stood out to me, I thought it was cooler in regular time than in slow motion, even though things are usually better in slow motion. Dave Chappelle. Um, there was a miss, and the Heat were in the zone, and – they were kind of just standing there hoping AD didn't go over the top of them. And AD kind of flew in. Jimmy Butler yep. missed the box out. And Butler, like, shoved him. It looked like he blatantly shoved him. But on the replay, it was, like, a little push. And AD, like, was trying to sell it. He went flying. But he still caught the ball and put it back. And the announcers were like, whoa, wow. And I was like, yeah, that was, that was amazing. So, but to your point on you, – wait, did you just say AD is just straight up a better player than LeBron? I think today he is um, – T- Today. I would last rather night. have Anthony Davis on my team than LeBron. You'd rather have AD on your team than LeBron. Okay. Okay. KCP agrees with me. Uh. <laughs> 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 um. So, I think now that we've gone all over that, do you think that he force a game five? I want to say yeah. Okay, so if if Bam Adebayo is healthy, which I think he can be by next game, I don't think Goran Dragic would be healthy until a game six. I don't think Dragic is coming back. A torn plantar fasciitis, even though the Heat did say we hope to have him back. Joe Johnson had that same injury. I think it was 2013, and he tried to play through it, and you could tell he was just feeling the pain. He shot terribly, and it was clearly affecting him. So I don't think – and also, what if he screws up the injury worse? I mean, not like he has like – not like he's 20. He's 34. He's probably got like one contract left. But, like, Kevin McHale, back in the 70s and 80s when dudes played through injuries all the time, he played on a broken foot, and now he's limping. He's been limping for the rest of his life. Yeah. So, I, I, I just – I don't think Goran Dragic is coming back. But, yeah, I do think that he – if either Robinson or Hero has one of those games where there's dynamite, and also if the Heat can hopefully – keep the rebounding battle close i think they can definitely pull out one game but well that's why i think Adebayo is so important is because to some degree he could um like his production could match anthony davis's production which or or they could just guard each other i mean like there's no one besides bam Adebayo that the heat can throw at Anthony Davis that could even come close to stopping him. Like, no, 
there's just there's really nothing they could do. Like Jimmy Butler can guard LeBron. I think that Jimmy Butler can match LeBron's production or at least slow LeBron's production. Mm -hmm. Bam Adebayo is the only person on the heat that can slow or match Anthony Davis's production. So if, if he's out, I I think it's a sweep. Um, I don't think that even if Duncan Robinson and Tyler hero both have like one of those amazing, like nine, three pointer nights where it's just like, how the hell did he, I just, I think Anthony Davis is too dominant. Which brings me to my next question. Do you think there's going to be an asterisk on this title? Yeah. Really? I think so. Well, first of all, it's the bubble. So, like, everything was weird. I mean, the Suns went 8-0. Like, I mean, like, how the the Heat – I'm sorry, but how did the Heat beat the Bucs? Like – I do. I I think that he would have beat the Bucks in a regular season, like just a know? plain regular season. Like they they were just a terrible matchup for the Bucks, and they all they beat them multiple times throughout the regular season. I mean, it's so, weird. Some I think that Giannis and Anthony Davis are both about as good as each other. I would say that they both have similar value, right? Okay. Would, yeah. Yeah. Maybe Giannis. Uh, is a little I mean, well, like, I feel like we'd have to see Anthony. Da- well, we have seen Anthony Davis on his own team. Um, but in turn, hold on. This 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 Giannis AD comparison is bothering me a little bit because AD on the Pelicans, he didn't make the others around him better. Yeah, he didn't. Like it was very. He was a stat machine, but the Pelicans never got past the second round. Yeah, they did sweep the Blazers that that one time. Like the Pelicans were never a title contender. Yeah, and I think this was just a much better situation for AD. And, but I think if you replace Giannis with AD on the Bucks or the Lakers on the Bucks, I think that they only get a little worse. I think they would be worse because Giannis is such a good fit in that system. But I think I think they drop five games. I mean, I don't really think they're that much worse. I mean. They're both dominant interior forces. Both are pretty, pretty gifted passers. I mean, Giannis is definitely a better passer. Um, Giannis is better in transition, faster, probably, probably stronger. Maybe a better scorer, but AD is definitely more versatile scorer. I mean, I don't know. So you do think? AD and Giannis are similar in production. Yes. yes, I do think they're similar. Okay. Okay. I don't remember what, try, what point I was trying to make with that. Yeah, you kind of like slowly disproved it as you were going through <laughs> what Giannis and AD were better at. Um, going back. <laughs> All right, scratch that. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to go back to the Astros thing real quick. So last year, Durant got hurt. Yeah. But people didn't put an asterisk on that. But I think this year is definitely different, not because of the bubble, but because Dragic and Adebayo are a little bit of a different, like, situation than than Durant because the Warriors still had Curry. Oh, wait. Oh, my God. Clay got hurt. Down too, yeah. Clay got hurt. How did I just – completely forget about that hmm 
but like people aren't putting an asterisk on the Raptors because I mean, I guess it was a normal season. Well, it's also not LeBron. I mean, like, and it's also not LeBron. Um, and to be uh, honest, I just, I just don't like. You know that. what? I think we'll have to see if the Lakers win the championship. I think we'll have to see. So, yeah, I think we'll just have to wait on the asterisk part. I don't really know if there is an asterisk, but I, I do think that the situation changes while you're in the bubble. I mean, like, it isn't normal. Yeah, especially because this is LA and Miami. If this was a regular season, you're traveling cross country for exactly. multiple games. I mean, home 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 court advantage means nothing. Like you don't know if the Heat beat the Bucks, if the Bucks have home court advantage. You think the Miami crowd is better than the Milwaukee crowd? I would say yes. Well, I would obviously, say yes. Obviously, they are. But I mean, there are more home games for Milwaukee. I mean, I would say that if I would say that if what would you say if there was no bubble, and we just had a normal season, uh, normal playoffs with the same team, same seating. Mm-hmm. Do you think that it would have gone down the same way? I, I definitely don't. I think the now looking back on all the problems the Clippers had, I don't think they would have like done the same in a regular season because there were just so many chemistry issues. I mean, also if they were playing the Lakers. That's like not really home court advantage either. Yeah. Um, I think the Heat still would have beat the Bucks. Maybe the Raptors would have beat the Celtics because you saw in 2019 that crowd oh like played a huge factor. I want. So I want to be a Raptors fan. Like, dude, man, being a Raptors fan must be so fun. Like, I like I've heard from I've heard from other Raptors fans like the crowd is just on their feet for the entire game. <sighs> One of my friends, he, he lives in Toronto, um, and he's, like, the biggest Raptors fan I've ever met. Really? Wow. Um, and he, like, I, I, I love the Wizards. Don't get me wrong. I love, love, love the Wizards, but I hate being a Wizards fan. <laughs> Dude, Wizards games are just, like, your local, like... You could go to a, a Walt Whitman High School basketball game, and there is more passion. Like, people... <laughs> Yeah, Wizards game, even in the play, the, the playoffs are like semi electric. Like you saw in the Paul Pierce bank oh, shot game winner against the Hawks. That was pretty but that was pretty electric. Was but I was at I went to game four of the twenty seventeen series against the Celtics. The one where Kelly Oubre was suspended. Not the oh, fight. Yeah, yeah, I know what not the fight, but the game after. It was like pretty electric, but like have you ever been to have you ever been to td garden in boston no i've not had the pleasure it is like when you're there like people like everyone like you're a mile away from the stadium and you're like you're on the subway and it's like go celtics yeah let's go celtics baby everyone just (laughs) what as soon as you get there it's like everything is green like it's just it's it's different like and then, like, so I, so my friend Nathan, who lives in, um, who lives in Toronto, yeah, he was telling me about going to Raptors games, um, and he went to game. I don't know which game he went to. He went to one game of the Eastern Conference Finals and one game of the finals, mm-hmm. um, and he said that it was like, he couldn't he couldn't speak for the whole time because it was so loud. Like he was like, Dad, Dad, like, <laughs> like he couldn't get a word out because. That's what Heat's fans are like. I don't know if that's what Bucks fans are like. That's what Lakers fans are like. 
Um, honestly, that's what like Pacers fans are like. I mean, there's just so much that could have gone different. Like Mavs fans, all Maverick fans. Mavs fans are like the most underrated fan base in the, the entire league. Clippers, because I definitely think, dude. Imagine if the Luca game winner was in Dallas. Like <laughs> there literally would have been an earthquake. <laughs> You saw the, you know, the, uh, oh my God, the Vince Carter game winner when the Mavericks weren't even good, like for a playoff team against the Spurs, when he hit the corner three game winner, just the entire city just erupted. And okay. I want to go on just a quick side tangent. When the Knicks are good, the entire city is behind the Knicks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When I was the one, the only Knick game I've ever been to at MSG was the Carmelo game winner against the Bulls in 2012. That's the, that was the one game. Yeah. It, now, looking back on it, the, it was a regular season game, but, like, it was packed. People were cheering as loud as they could. But I, I, I want to go back to that. But that, that, that's all for my little rant. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I think home court definitely could have played an advantage. I think the Raptors might have beaten the Celtics. I think um, the Raptors are the heat, though. That's the thing is the Raptors are scrappy. They're like great defensively, just like the like. I think the Raptors would have given the Heat a better fight, and their can uh, their continuity, especially in a bubble, or no, in a regular season too. They just have insane chemistry. Same and with the, the fact that's what makes the Heat so good, and that's what makes the like. I can't really tell if the Celtics have good chemistry. That's that's one thing that I've always. You would think they do. Like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum seem to have good chemistry, but the team has been. The team has changed so much over the last three years. Walker. I mean, Kimball Walker's just awesome. But he's not like a go-to guy in the clutch, you know? I think he's overpaid. And Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward was disappointing. Uh, like, they got to stop talking about Gordon Hayward like he was such an impactful player for the Celtics. Like, he was not good at all. That's, I mean, he's, yeah, he's he was just not good at all. there. Like, he's so passive – yeah, the only thing that was like good about Gordon Hayward in that series is that was like that was like 25, 30 minutes that Semi Ojale and Brad Wanamaker weren't playing. <laughs> uh, yeah, but other than that, he was he was a non-factor. Honestly, Grant Williams is better. Yeah, he he played well. He played well. Last thing, just one side tangent. I want to talk about Rachel Nichols. She's getting on my nerves a little bit. <laughs> she has started asking really dumb questions. So there was, there was, I think it was at the beginning of, I don't know if it was the second half or the second quarter, but like he made a little run and she was interviewing Frank Vogel. She was like, so that he kind of destroyed you there for a little bit. Um, how are you going to recover from that? It's like, uh, play better. Like, what the hell do you want him to say? So I was like, interesting question, Rachel. And then after the game, when she was interviewing LeBron, she, she asked one question. I forgot what it was. But I was like, hmm. And then she asked, so the NBA Finals for the last decade or so has kind of become the LeBron James Invitational. Does it ever get old being in the NBA Finals? <laughs> yeah, it does get old. It's great journalism. Great journalism, Rachel. <laughs> I was like, Rachel, 
what do you want him to say? No, I actually hate competing for a championship every year, <laughs> trying to solidify myself as the greatest player of all time. Like, I, I hate I it so much. I wish that I could be home during the finals. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And then I saw, like, a graphic on Instagram, and I, like, verified this. I didn't even see the post game after the Portland Lakers game. It was, like, the, it was the game – it was the first game after Kobe passed away. And she asked Damian Lillard after the game if he felt bad for beating the Lakers. That was it was real. <laughs> Have you ever watched? Do you ever watch the jump? Occasionally, it's it's the show she hosts. I, I know, yeah, I know what it is. Oh my god, she does this thing. She does this segment at the beginning where it's like, okay, so my name's Rachel Nichols. I have Doris Burke to my left and Scottie Pippen to my right. Uh, let's get into it. And then she like pivots the camera, turns her head, and it's like, so what did you think it's funny that? And then she <laughs> Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she goes on a five minute long thing that is just so uninteresting. And it's like, <laughs> you know what's really interesting is that and and then she tries to like draw some um like she tries to like compare it to something else. So she'll be like, cars have engines. Am I correct? No. Yeah, cars do have engines. Like, well, if a car had an engine, should a basketball team have an engine? <laughs> and as you see, this is why the Heat are so good. It's because they have an engine. And it's like, like Rachel, come on. And the reason why I think they can beat the Lakers is because the Lakers, they, they do it. They have the transmission. They have the oil. <laughs> they have all the parts of the car. They have the exhaust. They have the steering wheel. They have the seat warmers. They just don't have the engine. <laughs> all right. So with that being said, I'll be on Rachel Nichols' watch for the rest of the finals. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, all right. That, that, that will do it for this week's episode Black and White Sports oh, really Podcast. Quickly. Do you like yes. her more or less than Booger McFarlane? <laughs> um, I think that's a hard comparison. I'll have to watch her for the rest of the finals. She is not drawing genitalia on boards. And she is also not saying my funny, my favorite Booger McFarlane moment of all time. It was the Texans-Bills playoffs and the Bills were driving. And it was a tie game in overtime. And all the Bills had to do was score to win. And Booger McFarlane goes, a field, kicking a field goal here would really increase the Bills' chances of winning. I'm like, oh, really? Wow. Thanks for the <laughs> great, very <laughs> detailed insight there, Booger. So, yeah, I'll be on Rachel. <laughs> I'll be on Nichols' watch for the rest of the finals. Um, so, Rafe, thank you for coming on. It was a pleasure. Yeah. And uh, hopefully we can talk about something exciting for this finals again. I hope so. So uh, thank you for tuning into this week's episode. We will see you hopefully sometime next week. And as always, enjoy yourself. All right. <laughs>